Hey guys, it's Danielle. Thanks so much for joining us on this episode of Tights and Fights. We just wanted to make sure that we put in a quick content warning for some of y'all. Um, there, We discussed some great things in this episode, but there are a couple of uh, kind of triggering things uh, dealing with sexual assault. So if that is something that uh, does trigger you, we will put the timestamps in the description so you know when to click out. Thanks, guys. Tights and Fights Podcast. The perfect wrestling podcast. There's a guy named Hal, and there's Daniel, and this guy, Mike Eagle, is there as well. Tyson Bites Podcast. Tyson Bites. You think me cute? <laughs> You know me, sexy. Me talk wrestling every single week. Remember? Me hurt me back on casket, then come back in unsanctioned match with Dutch Boy haircut. Welcome to Tights and Fights, the show that discusses wrestling with the sincerity and hilarity that it deserves. I'm the good guy, Scott Hal Lublin. That is my middle name. Scott is my middle name. Really? That's a fun fact. Did you know that, Julian? I'm going to steal your identity. <laughs> is you, really? you, you knew serious? that. Did you not know that? No, I did Yeah, that's my middle name. Good job. Oh I'm joined today by my fellow member of the Nation of Conversation, Road, <laughs> road Warrior Danimal, Daniel Radford. That's a true story. I worry about everything. And we have some special guests. They are the husband and wife founders and owners of the British promotion Pro Wrestling Eve. It's Dan and Emily Reed. Thank you both so much for taking the time to join us. Well, thanks so much for having us. Yeah, I really appreciate it. Just to kick things off, will you tell our listeners a bit about Eve and what you feel like the defining trait of it is for, for people who have not yet watched and, and want to get into it? At Eve, we are the right girls of wrestling, is how I always put it. We also, we are those lefty liberal people, but rather than just saying uh, things, we actually act on it as well. I wonder what that's like. It's it's good. That's kind of... It makes you feel good as a human, and I like that. (laughs) Yeah, it's... We, at the same time, it's like we also let the, the wrestling for itself do the talking. So we don't try to use one to cover up for the other. Mm-hmm. It's not that, um, you know, uh, we're, we're lesser skilled on one or therefore used. You know what I mean? It's like we, we, we make sure that the quality of our wrestling matches the quality of the of the message that we that we have in with it as well. So if you're um, if I don't know how many people are going to be familiar with the independent women's wrestling scene. But um, you you may know Mako Satamora, for example, because she did the yeah. Maiden Classic, and you know she has been a member of the Eve roster um, on and off since uh, 2017, the start of that. Tony Storm, Kaylee Ray, uh, Nina Samuels, Viper, who's Piper Niven now. Um, you know, there's um, and and going back even to our, our Genesis days, um, Paige, uh, Nikki Cross, they were actually in the finals of the first Eve title tournament. So you know, it's um, there's a good lineage there of uh, fantastic talent, and then on top of that, it's just we try to do our best using the platform that we have to put a you know positive message out. Is that where where the the concept came from? Is sort of seeing the the lack of that message and also the lack of people actually walking the walk. Is that is that what led the two of you to to found Eve? Um, goodness, for me, a really big deal was. I loved wrestling. I grew up absolutely loving wrestling and just idolising these larger-than-life characters. 
And then, like any sensible person does, I thought, I shall move halfway across the country and I shall train to learn to wrestle. (laughs) Like reasonable people do. Sure. Saying this is two people who left our homes to come do comedy in Los Angeles. Yeah. (laughs) I I like that you, you totally get this logic. I genuinely, I had one month's rent and my deposit. That's what I had. And so I just moved down there just as a standard 19 year old, like this will be fine. What could go wrong? And weirdly, (laughs) financially, nothing went wrong. I walked into a job and was like, I will get this. And with the confidence of a manic bipolar person, I got that job. (laughs) So I don't know how it happened, but it was very good. It was very exciting. I went down there. I started training and I realised it wasn't just a boys club, which I expected, but it was all of the negative things that came with it. There was so much slut shaming. Mm. Being groped was standard. If you try to casually bring it up to someone, you'd get told that like, oh, their hand just slipped. And there's a difference between a slipping hand and fingers being pushed up inside you. That You can tell a difference. And just being sat down and told like, in com- completely as it was a, as as if it was a normal standard thing to tell someone that the first person who could sleep with me was the trainer, um, obviously. Wait, and then what? It was the wrestler's top of the card, and and then like Mika, yeah, it was just like the the hierarchy of who got to sleep with me, and oh my, you did, I'm sorry, did a, just slut shaming and everything, and it wasn't safe, and I didn't like it, and. Everything I loved about wrestling, they just just crashed and burned all around me. And I didn't really know what to do. And then I met Dan and he was running shows. He is a feminist. He was the first man I met in wrestling who wasn't just agreeing with me to try and sleep with me. He actually gave me his honest opinion on things I did. And that was a shock because at the time, the only fun I got was saying really stupid things so that guys would agree with me because that's the only fun I could have with wrestling. I'd come up with the most ridiculous idea and then they would all be like, oh my God, that's the best ever. We should do that. It's so great. And I would find that really funny because I'd be like, you were an idiot. (laughs) such an idiot and you're agreeing with me and the the best one like and saying things and they'd just go along with me so it'd be like there's new japan so i'd be like old japan instead of all japan and and they'd be going along with it and it's so it just it amused me and whereas i called you a freaking idiot because i was (laughs) yeah no and i was like i know yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but normally the men don't mention that to me so yeah meeting Dan it was meeting someone who actually saw women as humans so that was super nice and uh, you say it like, like, like that was super nice to meet someone that finds women as humans that right there that sentence alone just kind of tells you where the wrestling business here was doesn't it yeah I, I, <laughs> yeah. I kind of want to get into that just just a little bit I it, it feels like with a lot of things, and I and for for years I taught technology stuff. So I I would see industries that were ahead of the curve and way behind the curve, and it, it feels like to me, first of all, the entire world is behind the curve when it comes to gender equality and a, a tons of other kinds of equality that are really important. But it also feels like, in particular, the wrestling industry is way behind the curve. Eve excluded. 
how bad do you feel it still is now? Are, are, have we made baby steps? Have we made larger strides? It feels like we still have a, a, a way to go, but I'd love to hear both of your opinions on that. I feel like it's baby steps. I mean, Eve, as like a real quick thing, we had tried some things to really try and change other people. We realized that wasn't working. And then we realized if we had our own promotion, we could give women the platform that men always had so they could actually improve and have round characters. And we could actually have a safe environment for them to work in, which was, again, extraordinarily important to me and to Dan. And that was where Eve began. Yeah. With. Um, I was just oh, no, say, no, 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 because I've talked and talked. And I was, talked. No, I was just going to say, I think it's baby steps. Do you know what the most the frustrating thing is? And, I, and I'm, it's this is probably going to come up um, to the point where there may be some people that kind of complain about this part uh, enough. But you know where a lot of the things that we have done in Eve would have got more um, coverage and been more uh, respected if we hadn't been or if we weren't an all women's promotion. So Oh um, no one on, no one who listens to this podcast is gonna get mad at that. That's that that's what we talk about. Like we talk cool. about stuff like this. Yeah. This so, you have found your people. Oh, oh yay. Home. <laughs> Um, and so that is, you know, and that has, that has been, that has happened a lot. And, and that's, you know, as Emily said about wrestling, you know, being a a boys clubhouse, you know, so, um, so you're, you're dealing with, you know, that aspect in terms of even from a, uh, from an attention perspective of, um, you know, the, the larger audience that's out there watching wrestling. Um, so there has definitely been baby steps. Uh, Wrestling is definitely fighting it. You know, I'm sure we'll get into the um, unionization part a little bit later. Oh, but hell just yeah. as, And it is an example of that which we've brought in. There is definitely um, some a great deal, actually, of trepidation from performers um, with regards to moving forward with that in addition to um, certainly other promotions. You know uh, what? So it's, 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 yeah. it's an old carny business and doesn't, uh, you know, and wants to complain about not, about things not being professional, mm. but doesn't want to actually move along with professional ways because, you know, there comes from some responsibilities with that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and yeah, and thank you for how candid you've been on this as someone, you know, I come from stand up comedy and a lot of it is the same way, except, you know, we're, they, there is no mandatory fucking touching. Um, but let's go ahead and just get into the trade unionization because that was something, you know, we put things over at the end of our shows. That was something both me and our co-host who couldn't be here today, Lindsay Kelk, put over last week because it is such an incredibly huge deal. I and mean, I wish more people were kind of talking about it. So how can you tell us about that? Or what can you tell us about that? How can you? What can you tell us about that? <laughs> <laughs> um, it's actually what I was just about to say is I think that Women, to me, it makes sense that the, uh, it's going to be women leading the way with the union and equity. <clears throat> oh, uh, is this? <clears throat> because we're used to fighting and we're used to having to be very, very loud. And we're also uh, used to putting up with the backlash that can come with that. And and I do, I feel like that's that's why the we were ideal to be leading the, the way and why the the women wrestlers are kind of more equipped to to be bold in this area. Yeah, it, it was more than just on the basis of um, you know you're looking at this this the situation within wrestling and there's always been people trying to you know wrestling has no governing body 
And so there's always been people trying to create a governing body. There's always people within wrestling. Um, and, you know, and that means that they've got their own biases and, you know, uh, things of that nature. And realistically to, you know, ma- you know, make the, the scene a better place, it needs to be people from outside. By chance, it was um, uh, a- another uh, job that I was at at the time. Um, we, uh, we ran a, a therapy center, basically. Uh, so we would have counseling and things like that going on. And one of the therapists, uh, brother was heavily into wrestling and worked for, um, worked for equity. And so I was just introduced to them and we just struck up a relationship and just went from there. And then it was just like, wouldn't it be good if, you know, and, and then it just kind of came from there because there was no actual wrestling promotions, um, you know, signing on, you know, like they were trying to get wrestlers to join so, up, but no yeah. one was. So to, to be clear with, I don't know if it's the same in the States, but over here, trade unions work. They don't work with a company. They go into talks with a company and say, we would like you to assure that you will do this and follow this for your employees. Yeah, it's the same. So yeah. it's not us. Yeah, so it's not us working with equity. That's something that I noticed people were trying to um, kind of spin as a negative in a way. And I do, I like to think that it's just a, a genuine misunderstanding. They seem to think either that we have created a union. Or that we're trying to control a union. Or that we're trying to control a union. Oh. You can't control a union. Rather, rather than <laughs> invite a union in and... You know, we we literally got the the union to you know create a uh, create the code of conduct that we have implemented, um, which we're going to be releasing um, publicly next week as well. Uh, so everyone will be able to see this for themselves. You know, uh, transparency is key in these situations. So yeah, so they created this whole thing. We spoke about it. We worked because they were still new to wrestling as well on how things are, how things worked, what needed to be improved, what was you know what was seen. Very much, I would imagine, there's a massive uh, crossover, you know, between stand-up comedy world and professional wrestling world. Um, so I'm sure a number of the things that you know you know, we speak about, as you've already said, Danielle, you know, we'll, we'll hit home with, with yourself and what your own experiences are as well. And, um, and so it was like, they, they came up with this and, and we signed on and then to try and encourage the performers to sign up to the union as well. We said for anyone who works for Eve on those, you know, those shows, we will pay that month's, you know, fee. So, you know, so basically if you're working every Eve show, you ain't got to pay any fees because, you know, we're paying the whole thing because we really want people to sign up and to start taking this outside. Because once the wrestler signs up to the union, that that union represents them wherever they work, not just within Eve, but everywhere. And that means that they can start, you know, issuing contracts rather than everything being done over Facebook Messenger, for example. That means that things will be a lot easier in terms of I'm getting this and you're supplying that and you're getting that. You know, it, it it will make things so much more. And you've got to provide this. You've got to provide medical. You've yeah. got to provide. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And mm-hmm. and just you know, making you know sure what? that everything is straightforward and, and clear. And legal help if there is any kind of sexual harassment. Yeah. At yeah. the moment, you're on your own. Yes. And this is a huge step towards someone completely outside of wrestling, um, who will legally help you if something happens. The big problem I had with people trying to start unions internally with with wrestling from wrestlers is you'd get a lot of, well, this guy's a great guy. He's been around ages. We really trust him. I trust him with anything. Just made a mistake. 
Um, well, no, they don't. The thing is, you don't know everything. But you, but you and some get... of the people that people would throw out there are trusted. I would think, well, I know they are not. Yeah. And some people I wouldn't know. They seem nice, but I don't know them. It can't be someone within wrestling. It can't be me and Dan. No. It has to be a completely separate entity. And, and wrestlers should have that respect and have the same rights as performers. Yeah. Yeah, that reminds me. Um, I don't know if you saw the interview with Bailey. I think it was with a Fox uh, sports uh, person where they were shocked at the fact that, you know, wrestlers were doing their own driving and things like that. And when you see the response from people who are outside of the industry, you can see kind of how, you know, how non-standard this is to ask of any performer. And so my response is what or my, my question is, what has the response been from wrestlers and from other industry professionals? And then what has the response been from outside the industry? Yeah, I, I, I want to actually tack on to that because I had the exact same question is, is there any fear on on part of the people who are workers because there's there's such a uh, such an aversion to unionizing? It seems like industry wide for the most part that they feel like, oh, we'll make it more difficult to work in other places or, uh, you know, what? just curious if that was a factor or anything that was brought up. The reason we're, yeah, there's definitely a fear. The reason we're trying to be super transparent, even putting up like FAQs and things to really help people is there is misinformation put out there manipulations and, and stories and just gossip happens in any industry. But if there are, say, promoters who think, well, I don't want to pay out for a medic, say, they are going to do their best to to manipulate and spread misinformation. And they'll be like, oh, well, you know, this is just Eve doing this. Oh, yeah, like Mark Andrews saying that we were virtue signaling. Well, the thing is, if you are not loud, then no one's going to change. You have to be loud and and pressure people. That's such a trash... People bitching about other people virtue signaling is like the easiest way to tell that there are people who just do not want you to be doing the work. And so rather than say, I hate this because I don't because of blah, 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 my regressive views, it becomes, oh, well, you couldn't possibly believe that you're doing the right thing. You couldn't possibly believe that this is the right course of action. It has to be because you have to show everyone how woke you are. It is the most lazy argument that I have ever heard. It's a cowardly response, I find, to people trying to justify their lack of action that they themselves are taking. And it's uh, uh, we actually did an interview for a newspaper the other day, and the journalist came in, and the first thing she said to uh, you know Emily was, "Well, you're obviously just using this, uh, you know, the word feminism, and uh, you know, I trying to identify as 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 being punks, you know, punk rock or whatever, you know, to try and make money." And it's just like, do you know what? If we were to go down the usual route of pro wrestling, we, our lives would be so much easier. So trust us, we're, we're certainly not doing that. You know, where, where does this end? And so that whole virtue signaling, which we had, you virtue know, a few signaling people. to me is, you know what? It's a certain company's women's revolution. Oh, virtue don't get signaling me started. Is saying you're doing it and doing nothing. <laughs> yeah, 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 totally. <laughs> I, I just, I... I... Uh, I've, I've, this is the same rant. I'm sorry, listeners. You've heard this a million times. This is the same rant I always go on to where it's like, oh, well, everything was terrible for the women, but we fixed it. It's like, well, you've always been in charge, though. It's always yeah, been right? you. Who are you rebelling against? Your, your dad? <laughs> anyway, yeah, yeah. sorry. We're really excited no, no, for it's, the it's uh, for the clan to fix racism, too, and tell us all about that. <laughs> right? That's exactly right, though. It's just like, and also, 
you know, it was it was always nothing more than a PR stunt. You know, it was nothing more than a PR stunt. We all knew that. We all knew that once we got past Mania and Ronda was gone, things would pretty much go back to the way they were, and that's what's pretty much has happened. Oh, and, and now she's got change. a boyfriend. Anyway, sorry. What we? Yeah, right. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about more good things. I, I'm I'm curious uh, before uh, we should talk about good things as well. But I'm curious now now that this step has been taken, and I know we're we're in the earlier stages of it actually being implemented, and and you're in a, a space of educating the public at large, and mm. and hopefully other people in the industry that they actually have rights and that it can be done, and what it actually means. What do you do? Either of you have a have a thought to what your next step is or what, what is the next area that you would, you would maybe even like to see improved overall? Well, there's numerous things I'd like to see over. The interesting thing for me regarding this, regarding the unionization of, of the performers and therefore where I can see some of the trepidation is our laws with regards to independent contractors are much clearer uh, than they are in the States. Mm -hmm. And therefore, if anything was to come up, uh, with, from you know uh, an independent performer towards WWE, uh, I am far more confident in the independent performer uh, winning over here than I am in the US. And I oh, think yeah. that if something along those lines was to happen, I think that it could be a um, a real positive uh, change, um, you know, for the business overall. Obviously, I don't want anyone to have to go through anything bad that, mm. you know, enables them to tr to bring a union in, you know, to act on their behalf. Whoever that first person, should that ever happen, will be, will be an incredibly brave individual. I'm hopeful that some of the, you know, companies that haven't got ties to big companies will start to try to make it more a commonplace thing. And therefore, you know, it'll become more unusual um, you know, to, to have these things in place than, uh, sorry, more usual to have these things in place than unusual. Um, whereas as right now, we're probably the only promotion that, you know, well, we are the only promotion that's doing this. For me at the moment on just short, the very uh, short term goals, along with carrying on with what we're doing of things like making sure that the crowd's aware that, hey, not having rules that say you can't shout out sexist and racist and homophobic things, those rules don't actually lessen your enjoyment. Uh, yeah, right. A lot of oh, man. say that our rules make it less fun. Yeah. Oh, like... <laughs> there was such a hubbub. Did you hear about that? Where people were throwing up Nazi salutes at an NXT live show? Oh, Lord. I, I saw, like, one or two tweets about it, and then I saw people complaining about the people complaining about it. So what are your rules when it comes to um, just people not being hateful shitbags? I say the rules at the beginning of every show. I, I ring an ounce at the shows. Uh, I say the rules, and if anyone breaks them, they're out. I don't it's do, a one-strike rule. I don't do second chances No, on that one. And it, and it, it comes down to yeah. quite sort of like there's no hate speech, no racism, no sexism, no slut shaming. Like we kicked a guy out because he shouted slag. Uh, um, at, um, at one of the one of the wrestlers, and he kept shouting. And he kept shouting, you know, like like he well he shouted uh, uh, a few that, times. Yeah, he shouted a few times while our crew uh, member was making their way over to him. Yeah, to just and be he was like, being told as well by the people around him. You know, like, you know, don't 
shout out. Yeah. I don't know what, the, what it's like on the, the swearing, but don't be a shit cunt or don't be a shit crusty oh. cunt is what Emily always says. <laughs> when she's I say a, a dry, dry crusty cunt. Oh, that's a know, T-shirt. I'm, yeah, see, I'm down with all the genitals. So I was like, I want to be really specific on, well, on what I think is a negative one. <laughs> yeah. and dry Which and is funny because in the US, I mean, I, I guess it's the same, but in the US we do not use cunt as often as y'all do. <laughs> oh, oh. It is like our worst word, weirdly. Oh, I love. See, it's actually it's the only word. Word it it does seem to be when you trace it back that it was something a word that was created by women. It's the only word that refers to all of all of the bits down there, not just like vulva or vagina. And it's also a word that doesn't have it that isn't saying basically that that it's there to be completed. So it doesn't mean that it's a sheath for something. And so it is my favourite word. Oh, that's probably why we hate it so much over here. Yeah. (laughs) Well, the thing is, it's not loved over here. Scotland. That's where Scotland, you want to go. Like, Scotland, right? That's it, everybody. Yeah. Head to Glasgow. Yeah. <laughs> for Confest 9. either, so definitely go there. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. Uh, here's what we're going to do. We're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, uh, we want to talk to you more about Eve and about uh, the actual wrestling side of it and some of your thoughts on the state of the industry today. How does that sound? Sounds awesome. Sounds good. All right, we'll be right back. You're listening to Tights and Fights. One, two, one, two, three, five. Hi, everybody. My name is Justin McElroy. I'm Sydney McElroy. We're both doctors and... Nope, just me. Okay, well, Sydney's a doctor and I'm a medical enthusiast and we create Sawbones, a marital tour of misguided medicine. Every week I dig through the annals of medical history to bring you the wildest, grossest, sometimes dumbest tales of ways we've tried to treat people throughout history. And lately we do a lot of modern fake medicine. Because everything's a disaster, but it's slightly less of a disaster every Friday, right here on MaximumFun.org, as we bring you Sawbones, a marital tour of misguided medicine. And remember, don't drill a hole in your head. Genre film fans, hear me. I know you're out there. Do not be ashamed of your love for gore, action, sci-fi, or fantasy. It's time to come out of the shadows. Because on Switchblade Sisters, we celebrate our love for genre films. I'm film critic April Wolf. Each week I have a conversation with a different female filmmaker about their fave genre film, and we cover film craft, getting projects off the ground, working with actors, and our general love for genre movies. I've had so many great guests, like Heather Graham. In the past, it's like so many films are made by men that the female point of view is not always respected, which is why all these stories haven't come out till now. Jennifer's body director, Karin Kusama. I think there's a lot more fantasy and a lot more expectation projected onto a woman director. Comedian and actor, Kate Berlant. I mean, it sounds so cheesy to talk about it in yourself, like, you just keep going, you're, you know, I'm just a vessel, like, I, I just do it, you know, I don't think, but, like, that is what it is. And many others. So check out Switchblade Sisters every Thursday on MaximumFun.org or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to Tights and Fights. I love <laughs> And we're joined by Dan and Emily Reed, the the co-owners and co-founders of Eve. Sorry, they have been cracking us up. We just had the, the greatest conversation that you'll never hear. You'll never hear. You'll always wonder, what were they talking about? There were cats. There were tins of food. And that's all you're ever going to know. The rest of it is our secret. 
wink Never with an eye patch. Food. Um, <laughs> I just wanted to load all of that in for everyone. Uh, we, we talked about a lot of behind the scenes stuff, which was amazing. I want to hear more about the shows that Eve is putting on. Um, tell us about the, the show right now, who are your up and comers, who are the big stars, who are the people that, that we should be looking out for? You know, I, I was going to say, yeah, the sensible one, Dan. <laughs> okay. Um, right. So um, there, there's a big, uh, you may have seen it. I, I don't know how much you follow um, uh, wrestling over here in the UK, but there's a big thing on Twitter right now that Brit Rest is dead purely because of NXT UK. It couldn't be further from the truth. Um, I've been in the wrestling business for 20 years. I remember this being said 15 years ago, 10 years ago. Tends to go in these like five years of popular cycles, you know what I mean? And, right. Um, uh, and and right now it's like you've got NXT UK or WWE signing, a, 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 you know, a, a, a lot of people up. Um, but all it's doing is really just like creating more opportunities and more chances uh, for a number of the, uh, you know, hungry young talent that's out there. Um, people like the Woke Queens who are just freaking fantastic. Uh, people like Laura DiMatteo. Um, people like Roxy, uh, and then there's just some of the people who have no interest in going to WWE, and they're people like Jetta, Erin uh, Angel, who are the current Eve Tag Team Champions. Um, you know, it's it's really uh, an exciting time right now because of this transition and because of the attention. It's been great over the last few years that we've had, you know, performers like Kaylee Ray and Viper, and you know, people start their uh, careers with us uh, and then go on to achieve amazing things that you know will put them in a better place financially and hopefully lead them to you know more opportunities around the world a really cool thing that we're able to do with eve because we work with promotions all all of the women's promotions in japan yeah what we're able to do is bring over some of the wrestlers over there that people may not have heard of and so we actually brought over someone called Kamal Bolshoi and someone called Leon from Pierre J. Those two, a lot of people in our audience, and what I really love and respect about our audience is they didn't pretend to know. They said, like, I've heard this name, I've, but they're not a wrestler that I know. Yeah. So uh, Kamal Bolshoi and Leon come over here and they put on the best match I have ever seen live in my entire life. Wow. I've, I was... Blown away. You can see myself and our current champion, Rhea O'Reilly, we were sat at ringside and you can see us just looking like we're having a heart attack. We're jumping out of our seats or like our, just mouths hanging open in shock the whole time. It was so good. It so, was also a little bit more on the fact that we generally didn't know who was going over. We did not know. <laughs> because it was it was them, them two from, from the promotion from Pure J. And we were just like, well, you know what? You you do what you want to do. You know, it's, it doesn't impact do our thing. booking. Yeah. So you do what what you what you feel is comfortable. Now, what we should have done is then said. So, do you want to tell us who it is? <laughs> but not. But because Kamal Bolshoi is actually a legend in Japan, and she was coming up for her retirement. So this was her like uh, retirement match outside of Japan. Now, even the referee was nervous at asking her, asking them who was going over. So the referee. 
didn't know who was going over either. And so, wow. and uh, if you've ever watched Japan's ra- Japanese wrestling, you know, like the, the the counts on the three on the on the real close counts, there's one, two, and they slightly hold before the third count, which is just a thing that they do in Japan. And some of those counts were so like two point nine 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 recurring that everyone thought they were a three, you know, and it was just. So important to have a good referee because yeah. when I was getting out, he said to me, he just whispered to me, "Do you know the finish?" And I went, "No." And he went, "Well, I'm not sure I do." And I just looked at him and went, "Just clearly signal to me when it's a three. And so I'm there, ready to ring the bell. And I'm, and it is so important to have um, a good referee, and also so important when you're being a timekeeper, do not ring the bell unless the referee tells you. And if that means the match looks really stupid because the audience all cheering like it's a win and the referee hasn't told you to ring it and you're sat there, too bad. You haven't yeah. rung it. Yeah. That's that. But do you guys know Minami Toyota? Oh, fuck if yeah. I say that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Excellent. Right. Fuck me, we really have found our people. Jesus Christ. <laughs> right? So Minami Toyota, regarded as the greatest women's wrestler of all time by so many. Possibly Minami the greatest Toyota... wrestler of all time. <laughs> right, exactly. exactly. When we had, uh, we did a, we run another company or, as well called XWA and we had MVP over the same weekend as we had an Eve show with Minami Toyota. And MVP just turned into a big old, you know, fanboy. Like his eye, when he Literally met Literally bobbing up and down on his toes. Yeah. He was so excited. His eyes went wide and he was just like, it's just such a pleasure to meet you and it was really like oh my gosh you know like that's how that's the impact that this woman has had on the entire wrestling scene and i just want to break in for some of our fans who may not know please go look up a match a lot of the stuff that performers are doing now male and female honestly yeah. a lot of the male they stole directly from manami toyota oh, so yeah. go yeah. directly yeah. And, and this is like in the 80s late 80s and 90s as 90s well. joshi so- you guys i keep telling y'all please get into it yeah, like go go back and watch Wrestling Queen and go back and just watch Azra Kong and Minami Toyota, Akira Ogato. Please do. And also go on Eve on Demand to watch uh, Minami Toyota as well. Yeah. Yes. Um, so <laughs> so um, Minami Toyota was over here and I said to her, it's like, oh, you're over here because we've got Eve Academy, a, a women's only uh, wrestling school. And we were like, you know, could you, you know, take a, a seminar? And she was like, I don't do seminars. I don't do training. And I was just like, you know, you know, why? You know, you're, you know, possibly the greatest wrestler of all time. And she went, Emi Sakura is the greatest trainer. And it was just like, there you go. You know, like, you know, Manami Toyota doesn't see the point in training people while Emi Sakura is out there training people. Wow. I'm, I'm curious. What do you watch? What do you feel like you need to watch just to sort of keep tabs on what's going on industry wide? And, and to what extent do you feel like you need to sort of shut that out because you're doing your own thing and that's really obviously the most important i uh get very very angry if i watch wwe mm-hmm. sadly um like full rage angry and i figured that wasn't very healthy for me so i stopped watching it i will watch uh nikki cross when she's had a match i'll always go watch her matches and there are certain women's matches just sporadically i will want to tune in and i want to and i will want to support but there's so much that i am angry about and that i do not think is acceptable 
Uh, There's also just some of the things in the fact that we know a few things that isn't out there. Yeah, that's what, that's what I was trying, trying to say, trying like, to yeah. when it's like, there's so, so sure. much. So there'll Come be, on. like, a promotion that people will, you know, may think is, like, oh, my God, they're so like this, but we're aware of some things that are going on there. And so, you know, you try to, um, you know, keep an eye on the talent, but without trying to involved with said promotion. Yeah, my I, focus is redirecting my energy, keeping it towards showing the the women that we've got to to the best that they are and keeping keeping up with them with where they are keeping up with keeping our platform yeah like, like that's that's to the higher and higher levels for them like, i mean i don't watch a great i don't i'm aware of everything going on everywhere um and, and it really I, is uh, yeah it's it's the job isn't it you mm. know it's um and i try to be aware of everything going on everywhere with, not just in the wrestling seed but in the things that you know um impact wrestling because uh and i don't mean tna there um but the, within, <laughs> from a from a from a business perspective because i i truly believe that everyone's a wrestling fan they just don't know it yet and we with Eve, as uh, we mentioned in the emails to you guys prior to this, you know, we don't specifically go out targeting constant wrestling fans because, you know, our, we want to create new fans of, you know, women's wrestling. Um, because so many people, so many wrestling fans have had their um, views on wrestling, you know, on women in wrestling completely skewed to the point where they think there's a, a, a style. Uh, and, and so we'll hear this. I don't watch women's wrestling because I don't like their style. It's like, no, what you don't like is the crappy booking and presentation from, you know, the, the places where you are watching. You know, like right now, you know, there's so much interest, thankfully, finally, in women's soccer. It's finally, you know, given an audience for people out there to be able to go, I can resonate with this person. I want to be this person. So I'm paying attention not just to people within the wrestling scene, but also things that affect wrestling outside. Because that was what really led to the boom in the late 90s, you know, uh, with the Attitude Era and the Steve Austin and, and the Rock and, and where people were. I'm, I'm adamant that if UFC had have been around uh, at the level that it later became, WWE wouldn't have quite gone through that boom. But, it, but WWE really captured the attitude of a generation of wanting to beat up the boss and nobody really knew what a real fight looked like yet so nobody needed to put their imagination on in the same uh, to the same extreme that they do perhaps now in this post-UFC world. So interesting you mentioned that because I remember watching the first couple of UFCs in like the, the early mid-90s where it was not certainly not what it would become they were just yeah. sort of, they were just sort of saying like this is street fighter the pay-per-view what would happen yeah. if a kickboxer and a sumo wrestler fought each other the answer is the sumo wrestler loses a tooth and gets knocked out yeah. uh, so i know what you're referring to keith hackney and emmanuel yabra yes yes exactly <laughs> so uh it, it is that is a really interesting observation i never thought of that before but uh, of course now now we live in an era where mma is has been solidified as a sport with its own rules and people bringing different styles into into a a codified set of rules. Yeah. And see, for me, that just made me love wrestling more because I'm like, I like the idea that these two people, even if they're not friends, they're not trying to hurt each other. Accidents happen. <laughs> but everyone's working together and they're a team. And in the end, someone if, if someone's unconscious, it was a mistake and not on purpose. Yeah, and do you know what? That's one of the biggest things. To what, the reason why I'm coming back, I'm myself going a bit full circle here. Why I really wanted equities involvement as well, because I wanted more wrestlers to be able to be recognised 
as um, being more than just a, a wrestler. A wrestler just happens to be one of the skills that they've that they're one of the things that they're able to perform as. You know, I've, I always say that a wrestler should be able to go from working on a wrestling show on a Friday, Saturday, Sunday to walking onto a film or TV set on the Monday because they've got the, such a vast uh, array of skills. Be it you know, fight choreography, acting, stunt work. You know, like they acrobatics. can do so many acrobatics. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I put in the um, email to you guys about uh, Greg Burridge and the head scissors from the first uh, Avengers movie. Yes. Um, you know, and it's just like, and it's great because that's you know, you look at so many action films now, and they're bringing it's in a number of these all head scissors movies. now for ladies. All head scissors. Yeah. It, it's a, it's one of those ones where like, so um, I I write for the honest trailers, and so one of the things that we talk about a bunch is like, man, I love all these lady head scissors. But can I get a lady backbreaker? Like, can I get a lady DDT? Right. Yeah. If you want to give us some flips, give us a Canadian destroyer, maybe, because I'm sick of them in wrestling. So if you want to put them in some films, like, at least it's different for the movies, you know? Like, yeah, I completely. And uh, and it just goes to show that it's just like it's the versatility of um those who train and become high skilled and are able to perform as high skilled professional wrestlers. And that, to me, is where the magic is, and that you don't need it to be uh, real any more than you need to believe a movie at the theater is real. Well, I, th- this brings me to to one final question, uh, which I think I think you have answered, but but if you want to expand on it more, feel free. Or if you have a different answer, that's okay too. What is the one? Th- I, I I always like to ask this question because I think as fans of wrestling we're in this era now where everybody thinks they've been smartened up and they certainly have not i know i know that i don't know anything even if i'm interested in knowing things um but i think for that reason that 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 creates entitlement and a and a misunderstanding of the business and i'm curious for each of you what is the one thing that you wish that fans of wrestling understood that maybe they don't it's purely to do with running an all-women's wrestling promotion. I notice it happening a lot. It's try to be aware of uh, subconscious sexism because Mm. one of the worst and most damaging things you can do for women's wrestling if you want to support it is saying, oh, if you want to see great women's wrestling, check out this wrestler. And that person is new and they, they probably will be great and they're learning, but they're not great yet. And you need to think of, have I lowered my expectations and said that this woman is great? Yeah, I think a lot of times people like pop for potential. I know that I do. But you have to recognize when it's you see the potential and when it's no, they're there and they're someone who um, you want to show as being representative of the sport. Well, not sport. Yeah, exactly. And there are ways to like, uh, I, I get so I love seeing potential i love seeing people grow and change as performers i I love saying things and be like this person they're getting better and better with every match you can see how much how hard they work and all of that i hate it when i get told that so and so it's one of the greatest matches i've ever seen and you look and you just think no it's not well i mean that's (laughs) because there's always going to be there's always going to be that guy who says all women's wrestling is rubbish and say that's the one link he clicks on Mm. and it's like you know what i like this guy i'm gonna i like his opinion i'm going to give that a go and he sees someone who is average and in his mind then someone whose opinion he he respected uh, says that that's the best women's wrestling can get 
And there's also the fact that there's just um, it's not fair on the talent neither because you could put um, a, a, a lot of pressure on the talent that they're you know um, not quite ready for yet if they're still very young into their career. It's the reason why we created um, a, a, another brand called She Evolution, which is for the talent that we we wanted the talent on the youth shows to be of a very high standard, and so but we also wanted to try and nurture the next generation of talent coming through. And we didn't want to put them on the Eve show where there's um, such a high expectation of performances that if they fucked up, that they would be like, oh, shit, and they would panic in the match. Do you know what I mean? So we deliberately created this other brand called Shevolution um, where they could, you know, if they made a mistake, it's fine. It's branded as, you know, this is the next generation. This oh. isn't. Yeah, there, there's that's that's what it is. Actually, do you know what? I will. I promise. I'll, I'll promise. I won't go on after this. We're never going to stop um, talking. <laughs> actually, it's, you know what we were just um, saying about all the head scissors with regards to uh, women in the action films. The um, a lot of that comes from uh, is, exists in wrestling as well. Whenever you see into gender wrestling, and that's because where that comes down to the training uh, schools themselves, because the girls aren't being taught how to what we call base. In, hmm. in in wrestling, right. because they're going into the training schools, and the trainers are telling them, "Oh well, you're the, you, you know, you're like the only girl here, so therefore you're not going to be picking anyone up. So we're not going to teach you that. You're, we'll just teach you how to do these moves." But the problem is, is those girls have got to go on elsewhere. They're going the easy route of this person is smaller, so therefore, you know, we don't need to show them doing anything, you know, powerful. It needs to just solely be. You know, all, all all the flying and the jumping, and right. therefore they're not being given an opportunity to learn every aspect. Also, and I mean vaginas and faces. Um, thank you so yeah, much. Tombstones <laughs> and Bronco Busters. That's why <laughs> yes. Yep. Yeah. That does it for Tights and Fights. We are a podcast on the Maximum Fun Network. This week, your hosts were Danielle Radford, along with me, Hal Lublin, Dan, and Emily Reed. Is there anything else you would like to promote in specific where you'd like people to go? Uh, yeah, if you're interested in Eve and anything we've said, head to evewrestling.com. You'll find uh, the links to our Eve On Demand uh, sites on there, as well as uh, details on upcoming shows, and also a list of the uh, charities and causes that we support that we're always trying to raise awareness of. Emily? No. <laughs> She's just looking at me like, why the fuck did you say my name? <laughs> you did it all. I'm sorry. You said all the things. You said all the things, and I was like, uh, Sorry. I'm sorry. I'll accept no, the woo. You, you nailed it. Our producer, <laughs> our producer is the old nerdy bastard, Julian Burrell. Senior producer at Maximum Fun is Laura Swisher. Mike Eagles, the voice behind our theme music. We are putting him over for that. Keep up with us all week long on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Links to all those are in our show notes. Go find them. Check out the show notes, people. They're chock full this week. If you love the show, remember to hit five stars on Apple Podcasts and share us with all your friends. Thank you so much to the Max Fund members who have a portion of their monthly recurring contribution. Keep the lights on when we are here in this hot box in the summer. We do it all for you and for our love of professional wrestling. We'll be back next week to talk even more. You guessed it. I already said it. I'm not saying it again. She's always like, I don't agree with boys wrestling. Their bodies just aren't capable of coping. <laughs> you know, you know <laughs> that. Capable of coping. The, the female body, our ligaments are are made to stretch. That's how we can carry children. Yeah, okay, that's true. Like parts of us just body. expand. Like exactly, the, our bones. Our You're basically bones transformers. Will... We are transformers. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. See, and whereas men, they're, they're brittle.
They're yeah. solid. They haven't got that stretch. <laughs> Look, like Kevin Nash walks across the ring, tears something. That's what happens when boys try and wrestle. He showed Lovely me a, legs, though. I, you, know. you, you need to hear when like she's saying that to someone that's telling her that they don't like the girls' style of wrestling. <laughs> and Emily uh, just fires back with this, and they're just like... Oh, I've, got, I've got loads that I can do. <laughs> I, I can get like super into it. I got to interview Kevin Nash once, and he showed me a picture of bone that had been removed from his knee, and it was the size of an elephant's ear. Yeah, he and just I had thought, to have like stem cells injected yeah, into him. I was like, "You should have, you should stop." <laughs> Don't do that. Yeah, yeah, no. I mean, no. <laughs> Please, my see goodness. now I'm like I said he had lovely legs. I just meant long. I didn't. Mean, I didn't mean like keep adding in more to the. Listen, legs. what's left of them is of very nice. I'm just, I'm... <laughs> He's over here in a couple of months, actually. He's I just doing need him to put an eye patch on, and then I can just go just be oh, a weird pervert in the start back. start with the eye patch shit again. <laughs> it's Kurt fault, and it's just, I mean, it's not my fault. So I want to go. use all of this on the podcast. <laughs> oh, right. I'm glad. Oh, do you know what? I'm just glad she wasn't watching WWF early 90s and the Syndicate Beckers and Jean-Pierre Lafitte or watch Ring of Honor now because that's what Carlo Lay's doing. That mm-hmm. She's looking at me like, I don't know what the fuck. Does he have long about. legs and an eye patch? He does not have long legs, <laughs> but he does have Is an there eye like patch. a lady valet with long legs and an eye patch? <laughs> okay, now we're definitely using be. all of this in the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like... Do you know what? Pirates of the Caribbean is a much different experience for you than it is for me. <laughs> as much as I enjoy it. There's a reason why I've never watched that with Emily. <laughs> <laughs> I'm allowed alone time, Dan. <laughs> just went into a fucking kink show now, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> we, we don't kink shame. That's one of the other rules at Eve. We don't kink shame. Listen, you, you draw a bubble bath, you pour, you get a glass of wine and you put on Curse of the Black Pearl and that's an evening. <laughs> and there's no judgment here. Look, again, you, you have come to the right place. You are amongst family me and um me and Lindsay have decided that we're going to do a spin-off podcast we're not actually going to do it but we it's fun to joke about <laughs> where um we just uh speculate wildly on the home lives of like wrestlers cats um <laughs> and the lives that they live together um without saying names or being gross and we're going to call it tap and titles because we imagine that if two wrestlers both have titles they're definitely wearing them to bed well, I, know. I just assume all the time. Just all... I, I, I know a few that do. <laughs> <laughs> Maximumfun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned, audience supported.